0: Shalom, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the Mormon Kabbalah Podcast. So with this being the first service that we're having in the new year of 2021, we open the service with 2 Corinthians 5, 17-18, Therefore, if any one be in Christ, they are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Pondering about the message today, and prayerfully considering what to talk about, and I feel impressed to go over today what the Church of Jesus Christ in Christian Fellowship calls the fundamental truths. They were originally something that Christine and I put together as the seven principles of Mormon Kabbalah. We prayerfully tried to come up with a list of things that anybody can get behind that can express how to move forward in Christ through a Mormon Kabbalistic understanding and view. I feel impressed with the Spirit to go over this today. With this being the new year, I believe that it is an opportunity for us to change our perspective, and move forward in Christ in a deeper way, just like every day is. But it seems like as human beings, we, we put these blocks of time together, and we psychologically decide when is the right time. And New Year's always seems to be that time when people make promises to go to the gym and other things that they don't generally keep. But this is one that we could keep very easily. The first principle is that God is real. Because we can't really study God if we don't believe that there is a God. One of the things that makes the fellowship of Christ unique is that even though we all see God differently, we accept these differences rather than seeking for dogmatic unity. God meets each of us where we are, and we believe as a movement that to know God, we can't just see or understand God as an abstract idea. If I have a friend named Jeff and everyone else here has that same friend, we all sat down and wrote a list of the things we know about Jeff and we put them together. We're going to see that not everybody sees Jeff in the same light. It's the same way with God. We don't all believe that Jeff doesn't exist because we see him differently. So why would we decide that God has to be defined dogmatically? What's important is that we know and identify The reality of God and that God is the source of our eternal happiness, which brings us to the second principle, and that is that God is good. And this seems probably like a a logical fallacy. Why do we need to know that God is good? But the reality is there's a lot of people that believe in God, but they claim atheism because they believe that God is evil. Well, if God exists and he's a terrible person because he did these things or he let these things happen. And why would we want to study or build a relationship with a God that we see as evil? So if we know God is real, we must see God at least in this one way collectively. We must understand that God is all-bestowing and all-giving, pretty much the opposite of us here in the creation, the fallen creation. And with that, we have to understand that bad things don't happen to good people because God is unjust, but because the creation isn't yet complete. With our finite minds, we can't comprehend the incomprehensible that God sees. But as we develop that relationship with him, and as we learn about God together, seeing the different points of view, then the goodness of God is easier to see and is made manifest to a greater degree. So understanding that God is good and all-bestowing, and we aren't, That leads us to the third principle, which is that we are created to be saved. God didn't send us here to damn us all to hell. We know that God is good. We know that God is real. So generally we ask, well, then why, why are we here? Why are we in this condition? God didn't place us here to fail, but to perfect us. If he wanted us all just to go to hell, he would not have sent Christ to save us from ourselves. We wouldn't have that bridge. When the creation is complete, everything will be perfected in Christ and we will be in the true states of our being, will be our true selves. Now, unfortunately, we do know that that can be good or evil. We know that perdition exists, but we're not doing anything to prove to God why we're here or for God to test us. We're here to get to know ourselves so that we can be perfected in Christ. And that, of course, leads us to the fourth principle, which is our free agency, our freedom of choice. If we know that good and evil exists, we are given the task to make a choice to choose good or evil. God doesn't make us good, and the devil doesn't force us to do bad things. We have access to good and evil, and we choose for ourselves what we want to do. Of course, being human beings, we're tempted by our egoism to take for ourselves. But as Christians, we learn that true joy comes when we emulate the creator, when we give of ourselves. So with that freedom of choice, the next logical step is to love and serve God. We have to make that decision. That is the first half of the great commandment. Or Jesus said there's two great commandments, love God, love your neighbor. I personally see them as being the same thing. If you love the creator, you're going to love the creation. But the first portion of that, so the first commandment would be to love God. If we love something or we love someone, we get to know that person or that thing. I say it like that, not because God is a thing, but because when you love someone, you know, I'm I'm married, I love my wife, I have kids, I love my children. I take the time to get to know them, who they are, what they're about. Likewise, I love God. And so I get to know God, I build that relationship. If I have a hobby, I love computers. I try to keep up to date on various different things in technology. Likewise, I love the Lord. And so, therefore, I want to get to know the things that God loves. I want to get to know the things that He is into. And that leads us to the sixth principle, which is love our neighbors. The second half of the great commandment, or the second great commandment, We have to love our neighbors as ourselves because that is so to speak God's hobby. That is what the Lord loves. He loves his creation. He loves us. And so therefore we must take the time to get to know the creator by taking care of the creation, abandoning the things that we want to help others achieve the things that they need. Love abandons egoism for altruism. And in all of this, the seventh and final principle is change perception, change reality. Our realities are defined by how we see the world. After we've taken these steps, we're walking through what is called tesheba, which is a Hebrew term that is generally translated as repentance, but actually means return. Sin isn't some blemish that's destroyed us. Sin is missing the mark. By walking tesheba, we correct ourselves in that path, and we, as Israel— Israel means straight to God, walk that path to the creator, to become the perfected creation. And the biggest part of that is changing our perception, which we did in the above six steps. But it doesn't just stop with a one-time realization. It's something that we will continue with us until we are given the eternal perspective that we had before we came here. My message to you today is in a sense, never give up, never surrender, never stop growing. Every day, deepen your relationship with God, knowing and understanding the reality of God, the goodness of God. And as you grow in that relationship, choose God because we were created to be saved. Love and serve God by loving and serving your neighbors. And as we do day by day, moment by moment, Our perceptions will change and we will see reality as it truly is and grow closer and closer to seeing things as God sees things. Because as he said of the creation in Genesis, it is good. So let us also see the good. And I leave that message with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.